The following broadcast is a production of the Ministries of Marcus A. Kyler. We pray this message is both inspirational and transformational. For more information about Marcus, please visit MarcusAKyler.com. For more information about the communications consulting services he can provide for your ministry or nonprofit organization, please visit YourDigitalPastor.co. Thank you for listening and be blessed. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Uh. Yeah. Look, I've had it all uh. and I've lost it all. Yeah. I've been at the mountaintop and I've been in the valley. But through it all, what I've come yeah. to realize more than anything is uh. that this church communications thing, this uh-huh. is my passion. And I'm here to use my passion to help you tell the greatest story that's ever been told, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I get it. You need a friend, a shepherd, to guide you through this ever-changing digital ministry landscape while delivering a dose of encouragement along the way. Well, I'm that guy. I'm your man, Marcus, and I am your digital pastor. Our scripture for this week comes from the gospel according to Mark chapter number 14 verses 32 through 35 from the Christian Standard Bible. Then they came to a place named Gethsemane and he told his disciples sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. He said to them I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake. He went a little farther, fell to the ground, and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. I love this scripture because it speaks to uh, something we really haven't dealt with enough uh, in the church communication space. And, it, and it's something that we don't deal with enough you know, in our own lives, regardless of what industry you're in. And it is that of uh, setting boundaries. And setting boundaries uh, for the purpose of preventing burnout or alleviating burnout in your life if you've already reached that point. Uh, shout out to my to, to my homegirl, <laughs> uh, Jeanette Yates. I met her at uh, that church conference this year. And, uh, you know, we we have been uh, communicating online for a while, but it was so great to meet her in person. Uh, love her. Has such a great spirit. And uh, and. She has been working on something um, and, and really unpacking uh, the idea of uh, boundaries and, and the importance of boundaries uh, f- for the purpose of uh, you know, preventing or alleviating burnout in your life uh, so that you are available to do what it is that you do best. Uh, if you are a communicator, uh, you are someone who is in position to uh, you know, not just communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and, and to not just um, to not just communicate through flyers and, and, and through website updates and through uh, social media uh, posts and, and, and scheduling posts and things of that nature and moderating those posts uh, you, you know you're, you're not just communicating that way but you're, you're communicating through the way that you live your life and if you live your life such that um, 
you know, if, if you're living a victorious life, if you are living a life where, uh, where, where you are happy, well, not everything is perfect all the time, but you're living a, a, a life of victory. If you're living a life where, you know, you have surrendered control to God and you are satisfied and, and, and you, uh, and you have a level of contentment in your life. You have peace in your life, regardless of what's going on. If you're living a, 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 such a peaceful uh, life, if you have a life where you're exuding strength and, and you're exuding confidence, and, and, and you are rested within yourself, and you're taking up the rest of God, the rest uh, that God provides us, then you are you know, you, you are communicating. A very powerful message you're communicating as powerful as powerfully as uh, the flyers that you put together as the strategies that you that that, that you strategize with uh, with your senior leader it, it, it is just as powerful a statement if you are living uh, such a life and and so it's important to have boundaries um, in place to to where you're able to show up uh, not just in your work but you're able to show up uh, in your relationships with other people and having boundaries in place uh, is it, very important um, it, w- w- from the standpoint of uh, who we have in our lives and what place those people have in our lives um, you know it it, it, it it can be one thing to have boundaries in our lives as far as um, you know what we do and don't do what we eat and don't eat um, you know, those are easier concepts to really get a grasp of. Uh, and I'm not saying it's easy to have boundaries in places, especially, you know, from the standpoint of eating. Of course, that's that's something that I've struggled with uh, a, a good portion, if not most of my life. Uh, I've struggled uh, with eating. I, I, I believe that, you know, I have a handle on it in this season of my life. And I thank God every day for it. But uh, it's definitely been a, a constant battle. Um, but what, what I'm saying is it's a concept that, you know, we're familiar with when we're talking about putting boundaries in place about what we do and don't do. But uh, the, the, uh, what I believe we haven't necessarily grasped yet is the concept of who we allow into our space and even in those who we call friends and family, um, what kind of place we allow them to have in our lives how much space do we give them and where the boundaries are as far as how we deal with them and when we deal with them. And, and, you know, not to say that we have to have people at arm's length, but we have to know sometimes when to shut it down. You know, even Jesus, you know, he had, you know, 12 disciples who were following him uh, very closely. And and, and there were so many others uh, that were following him and, and, and he touched so many people's lives. And so there were there were people who were always talking to Jesus. But when he's when, when he was still away, when he would have his, 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 his private moments, when he would go up to pray, even in this moment at the Garden of Gethsemane, when, you know, when he went up to go talk with the Lord about why he was feeling like, uh, you know, he, he, he felt that that what he was called to do, he, it, it was such a weight on him and he wanted that calling to be lifted. It was one of his most vulnerable moments of his entire life. And who did he have with him at those most vulnerable moments? It wasn't the multitudes. It wasn't the masses. It was the people who he trusted the most. Peter, James, and John. You know, in, in order to be effective communicators, in order to be effective professionals, in, in order to be uh, e- effective at whatever it is that we're doing uh, in our relationships, 
whatever those relationships are in order to be our best selves in order to be our most effective selves we have to have boundaries in place and we have to know who is going to be in our personal space at times we need to know who we can depend on who we can trust in our moments of greatest vulnerability I know that I'm in a season in my life right now where not everybody can uh, can understand what it is that I'm going through. It's not that my situation is necessarily the most unique or it's not it's not necessarily something that nobody's ever been through because I don't believe we can ever go through something that nobody that nobody's ever been through. And if and even if we feel that that's the case, you know, Jesus died for that. You know, I, I love I love that scripture. I forgot. Uh, I think it's Hebrews. We have not a, a high priest who has not been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But, you know, but in, 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 in every and always Jesus was tempted. But even in those temptations, you know, he he, he stood strong and he was without sin. And I know I'm paraphrasing right now, but I love that scripture because, you know, it, it just says there, there's nothing. Uh, and that's another scripture. There's 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 nothing that is uh, that 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 is that is uncommon. There there is nothing that uh, that that we could go through that uh, that that is new. There's nothing new under the sun. And and be, because there's nothing new, uh, anything that we go through, we can be encouraged and know that there is a solution and that God is uh, guiding us through that. But by the same token, uh, sometimes your situation is different and it's not something that everybody's going to be able to understand. And you have to have a level of discernment to say, you know what, I'm in a situation that not everybody's going to be able to deal with and not everybody can speak into that situation. And so when you when you know that you're talking with people and they love you and you love them but they don't have an understanding of the situation and some of the things that they're saying uh, are hurtful to you because of their lack of understanding not because they don't want to understand and not because they don't care but it's just because they don't understand and so in this particular uh, in in this way and in this season um, you're not going to be able to kick it with them as much or at least if you're kicking it with them because you, you know you love them you spend time with them you just know that you can't talk to them about this particular situation you know that um, you know they're not gonna you're not gonna be able to have their ear about this particular situation because they don't know how to speak to it and so you have to know who can speak into your life when they can speak into your life and uh, and, 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 and how much space you're giving them uh, to do that. Because if not, then you're, you're going to end up um, being hurt by people who uh, don't mean to hurt you. And you're going to end up uh, having animosity uh, toward people who have nothing but the best for you, but may not know how to help you in a particular uh, situation. Some people are only meant to go so far with you. And even those who are meant to go further with you, sometimes there are just some situations where it's just only going to be you and God or you and God and maybe one other person. But you have to have discernment to know who that one other person is and to have people on the level that they're supposed to be at so that uh, they don't hurt you uh, beyond uh, what they're trying to do. People are not necessarily trying to hurt you. They just don't know your situation. And so we have to have boundaries in place. We have to know who can be around us and who can speak into our who we allow to speak into our lives in our points of greatest vulnerability. Pray that that's something that helps you. Y'all know me. 
I'm always playing, tinkering around with stuff. Y'all know I love my tools, my digital tools. Well, here's the tool of the week. So for my tip of the week, I have something super simple. Uh, in 2019, I have uh, fallen back in love with Twitter. It used to be my favorite social network um, back 10 years ago in t- uh, 2009 uh, when the platform was still in its earlier days. It wasn't as much noise and there was uh, a whole lot of uh, engagement. Uh, it it kind of got away from that for a little while or, or, or maybe I just wasn't putting as much time into it. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, if you look on my Twitter right now, I have probably 29 uh, 29.3 K in uh, tweets or whatever. Well, 19 of those, 19,000 of those came uh, in my uh, very first year on the platform. So <laughs> uh, needless to say, I loved Twitter uh, back 10 years ago, but I have fallen back in love with it uh, now in 2019. It is my favorite social network. Uh, I just, uh, I have uh, seen increased engagement on uh, what I have uh, put out there and, and, and not and it's not just because of the engagement uh, on my uh, stuff in particular, but it's a great listening platform. It's just great to engage on other people's stuff. It, it, we have to take some of the emphasis sometimes off of uh, how much engagement we feel like we're getting or, or, or how much attention we feel like we're getting and put that attention into uh, others on the platform and just talk to people uh, you want to talk to on the, uh, on the platform. Uh, you know, if you have friends on Twitter or uh, you just or there's uh, somebody more high profile who may not be following you but you like their stuff and you want to comment on it uh, a lot of times uh you know especially if you are a consistent commenter they will comment back and, and you can um spark some dialogue uh that way um and and, and so i just uh, i have just uh fallen back in love with the platform and uh, my tip of the week is uh, on twitter i have created a uh, it used to be private, but I just made it public a couple of days ago. I've created a list of um, seminaries and a few presidents and a, a few, uh, you know how we say a parachurch organizations, not really parachurch, but paraseminary uh, organizations that, uh, you know, support the, the, the work of uh, those in academia and those who are in seminary. And so uh, I created a list uh, of those accounts uh, as, as I have been concentrating more on um, uh, on church communications content for seminaries and, and how to uh, navigate this digital ministry landscape uh, from a standpoint of uh, academia, from a standpoint of those who are uh, who are who have taken up the mantle of training those who are going into uh, religious leadership, church leadership. Uh, I have taken it upon myself to uh, really double down on that content uh, for the rest of uh, this year for the rest of, uh, and for the foreseeable future. And so uh, I just thought it, uh, it wasn't a better time than now to uh, take the list that I had created for a while and just make it public. If anybody wants to uh, connect with that, I am uh, Pastor Kyler and that Kyler is C-Y-L-A-R uh, on Twitter. You'll find me there. You can find my list. You can uh, subscribe to that. And just to see what other seminaries are doing. Uh, there, there's some seminaries who are really active on Twitter and, and, and they have a lot of great content. Uh, there's some that are not as active. 
And even some of the ones who aren't as active, some of the things that they do on the platform um, are really good. I found uh, that I uh, take some 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 strategies and some tactics from uh, even from what they're doing, even though they might not be as active as uh, as uh, some other institutions. And so uh, I just think it's a, a valuable resource. Anybody who cares about the seminary space, uh, who cares about uh, what it looks like to uh, to market to uh, to students and to the into the different entities that uh, seminaries market to. Uh, if you want to see what that uh, really looks like, uh, I, I I think that, that my list could be uh, a, a good tool for you. And um, I pray that it's uh, something that will uh, help you in your uh, communications efforts. Come on, y'all, let's get to the money. And now for our feature presentation. Episode number 25 of the Your Digital Pastor podcast. It's so great to uh, be back with you for another week. And uh, we're just going to jump right in. Uh, This week, we're talking about uh, the top five reasons, my top five reasons why seminaries should offer church communications education. And uh, just for a matter of recap, uh, if this is your first episode or uh, if you have forgotten uh, what I am uh, focusing on uh, for the rest of 2019 and beyond is on uh, church communications for the entities and institutions who have taken up the mantle of training those for church leadership. And so uh, we're looking at uh, communications for Seminaries. I want this podcast to be a resource specifically uh, for those who are uh, who who have the charge of uh, marketing for seminaries and, and, and looking at what that looks like. And not only that, uh, it is my dream to uh, introduce church communications education uh, to the academy. Uh, I want to see church communications uh, taught at uh, at an undergraduate level, at a graduate level uh, for, for masters and in, in, in even doctoral programs. I want to see church communications education in seminary. I think it's uh, vital. Uh, and I think that uh, the industry, I think that the discipline has matured enough to where there are a number of different Topics that can be uh, discussed, uh, and it can be more than uh, just a survey class. I believe that uh, you can put an, an entire uh, either degree program together, or uh, at least a track in a master's program, uh, uh, similar to. Uh, a church history track or a preaching track or an urban ministry uh, track or um, or a, a black church studies track. These are all uh, these are all degree tracks of uh, various master's programs and uh, seminaries that I'm familiar with. And I'm, and I'm sure there are others that I haven't named, but I believe that church communications is so very important that there ought to be a track for uh, those who are pursuing uh, seminary education and 
uh, want to grow in the discipline of uh, church communications as well uh, with the theological uh, background to uh, make what they're doing uh, even more effective. And so I uh, want to look this week at five reasons that seminaries should offer church communications education. And reason number one, uh, you know, just like pastors and seminary professors, uh, church communicators, we as church communicators, we are the stewards. We are stewards of the greatest story that has ever been told. We are stewards of the greatest story that has ever been told. And uh, shout out to uh, to uh, Dr. Cecilia Greenbar. She was my um, she was my first year. Um, she was my first year instructor for. The ministry training program for the Michigan Conference of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, uh, the fourth district, and uh, she she was uh, she was my instructor for our first year. So it's a four year uh, it's a four year program that uh, those who are uh, looking for uh, ordination in uh, the ministry of the African Methodist Episcopal Church we go through. Uh, it's called the Board of Examiners. We we go through four years of this program. And this is adjacent to uh, whatever uh, seminary education we pursue. Uh, the the board of examiners is uh, is the uh, the training arm of the Amy Church uh, that prov- uh, that provides that training uh, above or not above, but uh, in addition to uh, seminary uh, to uh, prepare those for ministry. And so uh, she was my uh, first year instructor and one of the books that she had us read uh, was a book called Stewards of the Story um, I believe uh, the author's name was uh, Matt James Earl Massey I believe um, I believe his name I, I know his last name was Massey I think it was James Earl Massey I should have looked at this before I uh, started recording but uh, that's something that always uh, stuck with me, just that we are stewards of the greatest story that has ever been told. And, uh, it, you know, it, we talk about stewardship typically when it comes to money and, uh, and, and tithes and offerings. But, uh, you know, we, we are a steward, not just of uh, God's resources, but we are stewards of uh, the story of God, the story of Jesus Christ. It is the greatest story that has ever been told. And. We ought to want as many people to uh, to to not only be familiar with that story as many people as possible, but we want their lives to be changed because of this greatest story. And so if we are stewards of the greatest story that has ever been told, uh, if you're going to be a good steward over something, you have to be trained to be able to handle it. And so, uh, you know, seminary is a place where training takes place. It's not the only place for training. But it is definitely a uh, necessary and beneficial uh, place to uh, be undergirded with theological training. You know, as a church communicator, um, you know, it it, is so valuable to have this information and and to be able to have a theological background because, you know, you're more than a flyer maker. You're more than somebody who uh, who 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 just uh, makes flyers and and. And, and creates graphics and and, and works on uh, worship slides and 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 uh, you know updates a website every now and then. There's so much more than that, you know. It, even though all of those things are very important, you are more than that. You are a minister of the gospel. You may never get up in a pulpit, 
You may never wear a robe, but you're still a minister of the gospel and you're still a representative of the gospel. And because of that, uh, you ought to be trained as such to be able to do the job that you do uh, at a higher level. So and so the second reason, number two reasons that seminaries should offer church communications education, receiving at least some of the training that a pastor receives can help the communicator and pastor uh, get on the same page. And so that's from uh, the standpoint of the communicator. On the flip side, from the, from the standpoint of the pastor, uh, offering at least a church communications survey course can uh, can help a pastor or one who is preparing for pastoral ministry uh, to, to see things from the eyes of uh, the communicator. Uh, if, if a pastor uh, takes a course on church communications, then, then he or she can uh, can begin to understand uh, some of the concerns that a communicator has and, you know, some of the demands that, that you know, some of the demands that a pastor would have uh, on a communicator, uh, you know, not because they're necessarily demanding people, but because of you know what a pastor emphasizes and what a pastor is thinking about from day to day as opposed to what a communicator uh, is thinking about from day to day uh, you know being able to have that education on both sides from communicator and pastor you know would help them to see eye to eye and 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 and, and help uh, one another see the concerns and 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 uh and once they're able to be on the same page there can be greater level of communication uh, between uh, those two uh, you know between pastor and communicator and uh, not being able to see eye to eye with the senior leader uh, is you know one of the biggest pain points for church communicators and you know seminary church communications uh, instruction uh, I believe can can truly help to mitigate that so number three the third reason that uh, seminaries should provide church communications education is that uh, the director of communications is you know really increasingly becoming more of a senior level position in strategy weight and responsibility or at least it should be uh, becoming a senior level position uh, the, the communicator therefore should have theological training that is on par with uh, senior religious leaders one who is functioning in this role of uh, a director of church communicate a, a director of communications for a church one who is functioning in this position is best served when he or she has the trust of, uh, of his or her pastor and is granted some level of authority over the strategic over the strategic decisions uh, regarding how the mission and vision of the ministry are communicated and uh, the day-to-day -day execution uh, of those decisions uh, if, if, if the pastor and the communicator are on the same page uh, and receiving uh, at least somewhat similar training, uh, then perhaps uh, that trust can be granted. If, if uh, the pastor uh, feels that you know the communicator you know has a level of theological training and and at least has some of the education and some of the training uh that that he or she as the pastor has uh then then, then, then perhaps there, there's a greater level of trust uh, that the pastor will have and, and will afford the communicator uh in in, in decision making if uh i i just i just, i can just imagine that it would be uh so much easier and so much smoother for 
uh, the, the, the communicator and for uh, just the function of uh, com- the overall function of communications uh, within the church, if uh, the communicator is, is is able to you know make more decisions, if everything doesn't necessarily have to go uh, through uh, the pastor. And now let let me just take some time with this. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm communicating this very very clearly. Uh, I'm I'm not advocating for uh, the communicator to usurp the authority of of the angel of the house. I'm not uh, advocating that uh, the communicator would uh, ever bypass uh, the authority of uh, the senior leader of the church. You know, the, the, the communicator is not the pastor. And so I'm not advocating for that. But what I am saying is that, um, and, and, and I know that organizations uh, who uh, function like this, um, uh, I believe are, are, are more successful. You know, the, the communicator and pastor are so locked in to one another and the communicator understands the vision of the pastor so well that uh, the pastor has given the communicator a level of authority to where uh, every decision that is made uh, from a communication standpoint does not necessarily have to uh, be run through the pastor and so the pastor is uh, the, the pastor is not a bottleneck you don't have to wait for the pastor in order to uh, you know decide whether or not uh, a, a particular decision uh, and, and, and you as a communicator can think about the, the, the decisions that you make uh, on, on a day to day or week to week basis. And, you know, a lot of those decisions don't necessarily carry, um, you know, great uh, weight as far as, you know, life and death. But they are important to what it is that you do. And, you know, not being able to have the OK on it. Or, or not having the pastor sign off on it is something that can uh, hold you back from doing what you need to do. But if you have that authority and if the pastor trusts you because uh, he or she trusts uh, the training that you have received, then I can just imagine that, um, you know, with that increased trust, that there would be um, that there would be. You know, there would be more smoothness as far as, you know, des- decisions that are made because um, because the pastor trusts that you are carrying the vision and that you understand the vision of the ministry and the vision of the pastor so well that um, the decisions that you're going to make as a communicator, uh, not only are they going to be in the best interest uh, of the ministry, and, uh, and, and and not only are they going to represent the kingdom well, but they're also specifically going to, you know, represent the the, the heart of that senior leader as well. And I can just imagine uh, that that would uh, just make things operate a lot smoother. So that's the third reason. The fourth reason that church communications ought to be offered in seminary is that uh, you know having church communications training. Uh, can shorten the learning curve, I believe, for a communicator just starting out. Uh, sure, surely you've heard, and I know I've heard, uh, of many stories of you know communicators finding themselves um, in that particular role by accident. 
uh, you, you know, they, they ended up doing it because they were young or because uh, the, 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 the pastor uh, felt that because of their youth, they understood the, the technology and, and or, or, or maybe because you're you were already a youth pastor. And, uh, and, you know, the thought was just that, well, if you work with youth, then, you know, you'll, you'll know how to, you know, work websites. So you'll know how to do social media. And, 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 and then as you do it, uh, you know, more responsibility is placed on you, uh, as time goes on. And, and, and so therefore you're, you're learning on the job. You know, you don't necessarily have the, the background of, uh, in, in, uh, communications, but, you know, because it was uh, placed upon you, uh, you know, you had to grow into the position. And yes, any position that we find ourselves in, we're going to have to grow into it. But being able to have, you know, that 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 education, being able to have that that theological training, and being able to have uh, training specifically in church communications, uh, and, and being able to have it in seminary, uh, I believe it'll just shorten the learning curve. You know, you you just won't have people coming into the position, or you just won't have to assign somebody, you know, just because, um, you know, you know, just because they're young. You know, not every person who's young is necessarily uh, technologically savvy and not every person who is technologically savvy um, has the mind of a communicator and has the perspectives of a communicator necessary to do the world well. And so just being able to have uh, that 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 training uh, and, and, and being able to you know have somebody who's locked into the concepts of communications, uh, you know, it'll 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 establish a standard baseline of training a standard body of knowledge that the communicator is going to start from and build from uh, you know communications is tra- is changing all the time so you know when i'm advocating for uh, church communications to be taught in seminary i'm not saying it as an end all be all it doesn't replace the work that that uh, and, and I said this on a previous podcast, it, it doesn't replace uh, the work of a Sunday U or, or, or church marketing university. It doesn't it doesn't uh, replace uh, some of the work that 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 consultants out here uh, who have been working in the church, church communication space for a long time. It doesn't replace the work that they're doing. You know, they're, they're doing great work. It doesn't replace that work. But I believe that there is a certain baseline of understanding, a certain body of knowledge uh, that, that just with uh, any field, there's a certain knowledge that if you are uh, a professional going into that field, uh, you ought to have a certain uh, body of knowledge. If you are uh, if, if you are an attorney, uh, you know, there's a certain body of knowledge that you uh, are not just required to have, but it's expected that. Uh, you know, because you uh, are an attorney, you've had training in, uh, in in these particular areas, and you know, because you are a doctor, because you are a teacher, you've had training in uh, in, in, in these particular areas. It's not something that's a surprise. You know what? Um, you know what an engineer needs to be trained in. It's not a surprise what 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 an attorney needs to be trained in. It ought not to be a surprise either what a communicator should be trained in. And, and yes, the field is changing all the time. There are new tools all the time. You know, I got my uh, doctor of ministry. Uh, I, you know, I defended my uh, dissertation almost five years ago, and, and there have been so many changes uh, in the past five years. You know, and and, and and a lot of the tools that I used to uh, to do my research and to and to do my project, uh, a lot of those don't even exist anymore. But the, 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 from a conceptual standpoint. Uh, there are some things that every communicator ought to know, 
And, you know, if we establish that, that that baseline, if we establish what those things are that every communicator ought to know and, you know, and and, and have seminaries uh, teaching this information and emphasizing that information, then, uh, you know, there's a standard baseline that everybody can start from as, as far as, you know, who is going to uh, be in a uh, director of communications role. So uh, I believe that that is um, very, very important. And so finally, uh, the fifth reason that church communications should be taught in seminary is uh, the fact that uh, communicators, uh, I believe, uh, can find themselves in pastoral roles. You know, a, a communicator is not the pastor. But he or she can find uh, him or herself in uh, pastoral roles uh, from time to time through uh, community management or uh, through responding to uh, social media mentions, uh, uh, responding to uh, or making comments uh, on uh, posts or responding to those comments, responding to DMs and 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 and, and, um, and responding to emails as well. So, uh, the, 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 the interaction between people in the digital space, uh, a, a lot of times that's not necessarily. Uh, you know, depending on the structure of your church, th- those kinds of uh, that, that kind of uh, I won't call it content, but that kind of interaction that's not necessarily done by the pastor. It's done by who, whoever is in the church communications um, spot. It's, it's, it's done by the director of communications, and and so it, it, having at least some level of pastoral training uh, can help the communicator uh, speak with a pastoral voice. And, 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 and again, you know, having that training or at least, um, you know, a, a little bit of that training can help with the all important trust and buy in, uh, from your pastor. And, and you can be trusted as a communicator, um, by the pastor to speak on behalf of the ministry when you are engaging other people online. And, 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 you know, it's definitely a pastoral role if, you know, you've put some content out on social media and you get a DM from somebody who talked about how, uh, you know, how they were touched by that particular piece of content and just talking about how, um, you know, they have been going through things or, or, or they're in trouble or, you know, they just really need prayer. And, uh, you know, if you're able to speak with a pastoral voice, if you're able to be trusted to, uh, you know, have that kind of voice on behalf of the ministry, then that can just help uh, enhance what you do as a communicator and to, you know, to help you be more effective at what it is uh, that you're already doing so well. And, uh, you know, being able to have that pastoral voice, uh, you know, because of the additional training uh, that you have and, you know, being able to have some insight into the heart um, you know, of a pastor and, and, you know, really, really being able to, you know, get on the same page that can only, only be beneficial. Uh, and, and, and I believe that that is a very, uh, you know, very, very important thing. And, um, that, that, and, and I believe it also, uh, represents, I believe a paradigm shift that, uh, a lot of people still have not had toward, uh, the role of uh, the communicator type uh, quite yet. Uh, you know, you you really are in a pastoral role uh, as a church communicator uh, by uh, what it is that you're doing, by uh, by what you're communicating uh, on in the digital space, uh, by the decisions or, or by the responsibilities that you're given 
uh, from week to week from so many entities within the church, uh, you know, by uh, by the interactions that you have with other people uh, on, uh, on on social media and, um, you know, just the responsibilities that you have. It is a pastoral role and it ought to be uh, looked at as such. And uh, you ought to, you know, have that level of training. And and I know that, you know, this um, th- this may be to some an elevated view of um, you know what it means to be a director of uh, communications for a church. But I, I truly believe that, uh, you know, this is how important it is and of, um, you know, the direction that church communications is going in. Uh, I believe we should have an elevated view of it. I believe that a, a director of communications, you know, ought to be looked at as a uh, communications pastor. You know, that, that that really ought to be the name of the role. You know, you, you're, you're not just uh, you're not just somebody coming in and doing some marketing. You're not just somebody coming in and doing some flyers. You have a very important position. You are vital to uh, the success of your ministry. You are vital to uh, helping your ministry uh, reach your community. You are vital to uh, to you know being able to fulfill uh, the mission of that church and and vital to fulfilling the Great Commission. And uh, you ought to be treated uh, as such. And uh, that is why uh, church communications should uh, be taught. In seminary, I, I, I fully believe that, and uh, I, I, I pray that that's something that uh, you agree with as well, and that we can, you know, begin to really further the conversation, um, you know, from that standpoint. So uh, again, the five reasons, the top five reasons, uh, seminary should offer church communications training. Uh, number one, you, you are stewards of the greatest story that's ever been told. Uh, number two. Uh, you know, it, it will help you to see eye to eye uh, with the pastor. You're getting on the same page so you can get the buy in that you need. Uh, number three, uh, you are handling senior level responsibilities. And with senior level responsibilities, uh, you ought to be able to to to, to have uh, you know, senior level training as well. Uh, number four, uh, it shortens the learning curve. Having that training in seminary shortens the learning curve uh, that a communicator comes in with. And I'm not saying all communicators, but uh, definitely a, a lot of them. Some some of you as communicators, you know, you're, you're coming from industry or you're coming from a, 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 a place where, uh, you know, you were communicating at a very high level and, and now you're just doing it for the church. But that's not everybody. But, but everybody, uh, I believe, has the opportunity to come in with a, a good level of knowledge if uh, communications is uh, offered in seminary. And uh, number five, speaking for the ministry. You're, you're able to speak for the ministry and you're able to speak with a pastoral voice. Uh, you're able to be trusted to do that uh, if you have uh, that training. So those are uh, my five reasons that uh, church communications training ought to be offered in seminary. Uh, I would definitely love to hear your feedback. Uh, if you have some other reasons, um, I would love to, to, to dialogue uh, about those. So you know, hit me up. We can talk about it. Before we go. I want to leave you with a few moments of inspiration.
So I want to share a quick word about letting the Lord fight your battles and knowing who you are and resting in that. Uh, my place of employment uh, right now, and anybody who knows me uh, knows that this last, uh, I don't know, five, six, seven years has kind of been uh, years of famine for me. Uh, it, it's, it's been it's been really tough, man. Like uh, I in, in 2011. Uh, at the age of 29, I became uh, presiding elder over the Canadian Conference of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. And um, I was the youngest presiding elder by uh, by a few decades. And uh, it was definitely a uh, historic appointment that was uh, that was made uh, at that time. And uh, it was an honor to serve in that position. Um, being at, in that position allowed me uh, a seat at some tables I wouldn't have had a, a seat at otherwise. Uh, it, it got me to the front of the room uh, in, in, in different spaces that I wouldn't have been in the front of the room uh, uh, at had I not had that position and it wasn't necessarily that I was looking to be in the front of the room it's just that that is exactly where I found myself and um, and so I went from that without even getting into that full story um, I went from uh, being the youngest presiding elder uh, in an entire denomination to uh, having my pastoral ministry um, ended uh, two years uh, later you know what I'm saying so uh, and, and, and from that point from uh, 2013 to uh, to today in 2019 it's just been it's been a struggle to uh, get back to where I was uh, and not necessarily in position anymore because because um, I'm not pursuing a pastoral ministry uh, anymore and, and unless the Lord himself will speak directly into my ear and let me know that that's what uh, he wants me to do but um, that's not what I'm pursuing anymore I'm not necessarily pursuing denominational ministry anymore uh, I am uh, pursuing the ministry uh, of church communications even though my background is not in communications my doctor of ministry uh, I did uh, church communications research but I have a, a background that is a little bit different from most people who are uh, in this church communications thing and uh, it's something that I've had to uh, had to battle to uh, to overcome to prove to people uh, that I am uh, somebody who is capable uh, of uh, doing this work and that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast but uh, but but anyway uh, the story uh, of where I have uh, come from and where I am now in uh, my uh, attempts to recover all in my life, uh, my job, my place of employment, my uh, nine to five, so to speak, is uh, is a, a very, very, very big part of that story. And um, I find myself uh, in a place right now um, without getting into too much detail about where I work. Uh, I am a part of a logistics company. Uh, uh, basically and uh, the beautiful thing about where I work is that the diversity of the people and, and I'm not talking about race at all, but but just, uh, you know, different stages and stations in life, uh, the diversity of, uh, of of the people who um, I work with it, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing and it's a very interesting thing if you are one who uh, like me likes to stay quiet and sit back and observe things uh, it, when you sit back and observe things and, and, and just look around and listen to people talk and listen and, and watch how people move uh, you, you really begin to learn some things and it, it's, it's a beautiful environment because um, you have people who 
uh, are educated who work here. You have people who are not educated. Uh, you have uh, you, you have people who are uh, definitely trying to uh, climb the corporate ladder. Uh, who are here and then you also have people here who are uh, you know just trying to collect a paycheck you have uh, people here who are trying to work as many hours as possible and, and, and make as much money as possible and then you have other people who um, are, are, are kind of just here and and um, and anytime they have the opportunity to, uh, to 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 leave early or to to not be here uh, they you know, relish that opportunity and they jump right on it. Uh, you know, you have uh, you, you have people who uh, really bust their behinds on a daily basis. And then you have uh, other people who are just there to pass the time. And, and so uh, it, it's really a place uh, more than any I've ever been in any environment I've ever been in where this job and, uh, and, and your success and uh, what you want to do. This job is what you make it. Uh, a, a lot of people will say, you know, life is what you make of it. And uh, it, it can sound kind of cliche, but uh, this uh, job is really the embodiment of that. And so um, I have been um, I've been in this position for the last um, I want to say eight. Has it been eight or has it been nine? Wow. It's been um, it's been seven I've been so I've been at this job for about seven, eight months now. And, um, you know, I came in from day one. Uh, I, I know what my abilities are, but I know that, it, it, you know, it's uh, up to other people to see that. And it's just up to me to to grind and to, uh, you know, do what I need to do to uh, to, to to show myself approved and to uh, show other people, uh, you know, what my value is. I know what my value is, but uh, I have to conduct myself in such a way where I can, uh, you know, persuade other people of what my value is. Uh, so that I can uh, move up and become all that I can be uh, at this company. Uh, th this has been a beautiful experience because, um, you know, what I thought uh, was kind of just, um, you know, kind of a placeholder until I could get a better job. Uh, it it's kind of become a, a true opportunity uh, for uh, personal and professional uh, development. You know, I've had a lot of time, uh, you know, at this position where um, I'm to myself and, um, you know, I'm kind of just, uh, well, not doing my own thing, but, uh, there's enough time during the day where I'm not necessarily talking to anybody and I'm, I'm, I can, I can be insular and I can be within myself and, uh, you know, God has really been shaping me and molding me and, 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 and remaking me, uh, in this process. Um, you know, there's, there's been some, some times when I'm working where, uh, <clears throat> You know, I'll be I'll be off to myself so nobody can see me, but I'll be grinding it out and, you know, I'll be in tears because, uh, you know, God is just uh, really encouraging me and, 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 and strengthening me. And, uh, you know, I've had to gas myself up because um, I've uh, I've, um, you know, been in some positions and I've I have um, had some experiences where. You know, I've lost a lot in these uh, past, you know, uh, six, seven, eight years, and it, it's it's been really hard. But uh, you know, I know that the best is yet to come uh, for me. And there are little things that have been happening uh, here at the job that have uh, helped me to see that. And so, in, in encouraging myself and gassing myself up, and and you know, uh, you know, reciting scriptures to myself in my mind, and and um, 
and 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 old songs that I used to sing as a as a young choir member in uh, at Old Grove African Methodist Episcopal Church in the city of Detroit uh, in the Sunbeam Choir. Uh, uh, shout out to the late great uh, Miss Sylvia Greenwood. Uh, love her to death, and um, she she was she was um, she was a, a very. Uh, uh, she was a very strong figure uh, in, in my life and in the eight years that I spent uh, in that choir as a young person, um, they were really formative for me. And a lot of those old songs come up as I'm working, uh, you know, singing those songs to myself, encouraging myself that, you know, where I find myself right now, uh, it, it is not where uh, I am going to be ultimately. And, um, you know, your ability to encourage yourself and to gas yourself up uh, when you find yourself uh, in, in a position that you might not necessarily want to be in uh, when uh, you, you know, can be easily tempted to get down on yourself. Uh, your ability to stay encouraged when nobody else is encouraging you to gas yourself up when nobody else is gassing you up to, um, you know, to compliment yourself when you are out of the limelight, when you are out of the spotlight, when nobody is looking at you, when nobody is paying attention to you, when you're not getting accolades, when when, when you're not part of anybody's 40, uh, 40 under 40 list or 30 under 30 list or 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 when 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 you are not being looked at at all and you feel like you're being overlooked and 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 underappreciated and marginalized your ability to look at yourself the way that God looks at you is something that is completely and in, in, in totally invaluable and um I just pray that uh we can all get to that point where uh it, you know where what God thinks about us matters more than what anyone else thinks about us. And we encourage ourselves in that. And so, um, you know, I had an experience that happened, um, this week that is, um, that it, it has, has really encouraged me and has really, um, strengthened me and, and, and just given me a jolt of energy to just keep on going. So, uh, I've been, um, so I've been, I, I've been putting in for some, um, you know, some promotions lately and, and, um, I'm, uh, hoping and praying to, uh, to, to get an interview to, uh, to, to move into management at this particular company. Um, I know that I'm qualified. Um, I know that I have the ability, I have the intelligence, I have the acumen, I've been putting the work in and, um, you know, quietly, people uh, uh, you know around the company have uh, been starting to see it, but uh, it, it's nice to get a formal uh, acknowledgement of that. And uh, up up until now, I had been um, you know really hoping and praying to get some kind of formal uh, acknowledgement. Uh, you know, you we don't work for acknowledgement, we don't work for uh, for accolades, but it's nice to uh, be validated sometimes. Uh, it's good to validate yourself, but you know, it's an extra bonus when 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 you can get. Uh, when you can get validated uh, by other people uh, in authority uh, who who have a position higher than you, it's good to get that validation. That to 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 say that you know what somebody does see me, somebody does know that I'm putting this work in. And so uh, you know, finally after eight months, that's something that happened for me uh, this week. And so uh, w one thing about um, you know being at this company, you know you th there are uh, people who are in certain positions, and 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 like I said. Uh, the, the diversity of, of the people in this building, you know, they're, they're, they're people who are high up and they're people who are uh, who are not so high up. And everyone has different uh, priorities and, 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 and different uh, levels. And, and and one thing about where I work is you can tell what position somebody is in by what color vest they have on. Because, you know, we, we're in 
in a we're in a warehouse. It's, it's a it's a production uh, type of um, environment where you know you have trucks coming in and out all day, and and it's not necessarily the brightest inside this uh, warehouse. And so we have to wear you know the protective vests and everything like that. And there are different color uh, different colors on your vest uh, depending on what your position is. And so. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we've known for uh, a few weeks that there was going to be uh, an announcement made soon uh, that there were going to be some people uh, moving up into a certain position. And, and the announcement uh, was going to be made uh, this week, uh, this particular week that I'm that I'm, uh, you know, recording this episode uh, of the podcast. And um, and, you know, so at the beginning of the week, uh, the announcement wasn't made. And I was just, uh, you know, anticipating, uh, you know, the announcement. And I was um, I was anticipating, you know, moving into this position uh, because I knew that I was qualified. And, 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 and you know, I knew that, um, you know, I had you know, begun to receive um, some some positive feedback from management. So, you know, I was, I was anticipating and I was, you know, hoping and praying that it would actually happen officially. And so, uh, it, you know, it didn't happen at the beginning of the week, but, you know, but more toward the middle of the week, uh, I came in one morning and um, I saw some some people uh, with some different color vests on some some vests that would uh, indicate that they had gotten this particular position. There were there, there were going to be a number of people who were going to move into this position. It was, it was going to be a group of people. It wasn't necessarily one person. But, you know, I was starting to see some people around the building who had um, who had these color vests on it. And I'm like, it was any kind of announcement made. And, and I was like, dang, you know, what I'm saying nobody approached me about um, about a vest or whatever. or Nobody gave me a vest. And so I'm just I saw. I'm, I'm working for a little while and um you know one of the people who was in charge was just like you know did you get your vest yet and i'm like nah was, was there any kind of announcement made like nobody told me anything and she was just like come see me later and so and uh and, and you know we, we'll we'll figure out you know what, what what happened or what's going on or whatever and so uh you know so i had to sit on that for a couple hours and so you know i'm still working i'm still grinding you know and and you know i'm looking at other people around the building who you know i know that i've been uh out working you know, and, and I'm not saying that to, to pat myself on the back, but I know that I'm qualified and I know, you know, uh, what my worth is. And, and I know the kind of value that I've been bringing to the company. And so, you know, for those few hours uh, until I had to go see this person uh, about whether or not I was going to get the vest or not, because uh, there was no announcement made. You know, there were just vests that were passed out or whatever. And that was the announcement and be, because people would see the vests and they would know. And so, you know, I had to I had to, you know, just continue to grind for a few hours hours and doing what I do on a daily basis while I was looking at everybody else get their vests and then a couple hours later you know I finally um you know by the grace of God I you know I finally got mine and uh, and it was just a great thing and it was a lesson because I had you know I I was in a position where I could have sulked I could have gotten down on myself I could have been upset I could have been like dang why didn't I you know da, da, da. or this person got this and they don't work as hard as I do or they don't do this and they don't do that I could have easily um you know had that kind of energy and uh and, and I just believe it was God tested me at that time and just saying um son you know your value uh you know what you bring to this company just rest you know i am with you i'm fighting your battles um i am um you know i am putting your name in the mouth and the minds of other people uh who are decision makers and i'm gonna work this thing out for you you just continue to do what you do every day you know that you already function in this role on a daily basis without the title so you just continue to do what you do and i'm gonna work it out 
And a few hours later, uh, the Lord actually did work it out. And so it was just a great encouragement to me. And it was just a great lesson of patience and of just knowing who you are and not getting caught up in a title. You know, as much as I wanted the title, as much as I wanted uh, the promotion, you know, what I'm saying uh, just resting in the fact that, you know, without the title, you know, I'm going to continue to grind, you know, without the recognition, I'm going to continue to do uh, what I've been doing on a daily basis and I'm going to continue to be who I am and I'm going to continue to demonstrate the value that uh, that I have and so uh, and, and so you know once it finally happened you know it, it, it was uh, it was definitely uh, you know I could definitely breathe a sigh of relief because you know I, I was you know immediately getting upset but you know I knew that if I just rested in it you know I just I had a confidence about you know what I've been bringing to the table uh, that uh, it was going to 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 happen uh, for me, and I, I just know that it was a lesson from God just to say, you know what, calm down, you know, uh, don't even react, just just go to work, just continue to do what you do, and I'm gonna take care of it. And God did take care of it, and so I just wanted to tell that story just as a as a point of encouragement to 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 just uh, let you know that uh, if you uh, do, and if you are. You know who you, who you say you are, and you're consistent in it, and you're consistently delivering value, and you're consistently being all that you can be. Uh, things are going to happen uh, for you, you know, and you are going to get the recon the recognition uh, you are looking for. Not if you're working for recognition, but if you are working, knowing that uh, you are who you say you are, and you bring to the table uh, what you say you are. Uh, and, and you're consistent in that on a daily basis. So I just pray that that is an encouragement uh, to you and something that will carry you uh, along your week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Your Digital Pastor. Until next time, be encouraged and be empowered.